50 to 70 percent of leaders fail within the first 18 months. Yeah, into a new role. Why do you, why do you think that is? In, in big companies and corporates a lot, leaders don't get trained. And you're, you're handing them over millions, right? You're handing them over people's lives and things. Lots of these people are being promoted to, you know, the next level of their career without any support or training. And the problem is, it does, it's not, as we said earlier, it's not the same skill set. You know, what got you there is not going to get you to the next level. So, and that's why usually they fail. And, uh, and it's everywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Professions of an Agency Owner. I'm Chris Ailey, your host, and today my guest is Maria Kelly, a leadership coach who prior to setting up her own business, worked her way up the ranks at Sotheby's, the international auction house. Over her 22-year career there, she rose through the company, starting as an entry-level administrator to becoming the country manager for Switzerland and then leading global multi-million dollar divisions working in New York and London. With remote working so popular, we've had to learn how to build relationships, retain culture, collaborate, train and work together in new ways. It's truly a new world of leadership and I was keen to get as many tips as I could from Maria to help anyone in a leadership position succeed. I hope you enjoy the show. Have a listen. So hi Maria, welcome to the show. How hi, are you? Chris. I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, I thought a really good place to start today would be talking about your background. So you're, you spent 22 years, was it, at Sotheby's? Yes, and I you did. worked your way up from entry level all the way up to sort of a global leader. So yeah. you saw leadership, I guess, and experienced leadership at every stage of the business there. Can you just give us a bit of background on that, on that career, please? Oh, wow. Um, I fell into it by accident. I had no background in art or auction world. I was just, uh, I just was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. I hadn't really decided and was looking for a job to pay my bills. And my, I bumped into my neighbor one day who said, Hey, I, I have a friend who's just resigned from a job. You should apply. And I thought, well, what do I know about, you know, art and auction? And she, she gave me some really good advice, which I've kept in my mind since is if you don't try, you won't get it. And I was like, actually, that's that's a really good that's point. So I, said, I have nothing to lose. I typed up my tree line CV. Walked, it happened to be around the corner from where I lived. I walked in the door, gave them my CV. By some reason, they suddenly said, oh, well, we can see you straight away, which I was absolutely not prepared for. Um, managed to get an interview and, uh, and a job. And I think uh, my biggest qualities at the time were that I was cheap and I spoke fluently English. And that was in Switzerland, <laughs> in Geneva at the time. And uh, yeah, I started as an administrator and uh, yeah, over the years, it just, you know, opportunities hopped up. Uh, I was open to seizing them and uh, ended up working in Geneva for 14 years, in New York for four and London for four. So yeah, quite a, oh, quite wow. a ride. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. What was the craziest thing you saw auction there? <laughs> oh my God, there were so many. Um, I sold, um, that's, this is probably very American. Um, we did a New York sale and I sold, uh, you know, these little cars that they drive onto the, um, the pitch for, with the baseball players. Oh, yeah. That was, that was really cool. Um, I, we, we did, uh, oh, truffles. We sold like a huge truffle. And the thing is between the moment that it came out of the earth and the sale, we had like a limited time. So it was you know, unearthed in Italy and we had to get it to auction in New York and we had a very limited time to do it so that it would, you know, would stay good. Um, 
pieces of the Sputnik. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. you name it, we've sold it. Uh, so there's some crazy things, but yeah, no, I was I was very fortunate to get to see amazing, amazing works of art, um, jewelry, watches, uh, anything that's you know a bit uh, a bit valuable. We were selling it and uh, and meet incredible people. I mean, it's such a fascinating world. The specialists who gravitate in that world are just really passionate about what they do. They know so much. So I got to, you know, really learn a lot. And uh, so it was great. Uh, it was a great ride. And, and now, uh, just to clarify, so you, you're now a leadership coach and you specialize in working with is it CEOs only or is it new managers or what, what levels of leadership do you? So all, all levels of leadership. I, I specialize in helping them transition to, you know, enter their new roles. Um, so it can be, a, you know, um, CEO changing company. So he's transitioning right. company or somebody transitioning into a higher role. And um, yeah, there's... The reason I want to do this is, first of all, because I've, I've tried a few things. So I've, my business, I started a year ago and um, I've been doing some coaching. And I realized that what I really enjoy is working with people who are enthusiastic and want to grow. And usually when people are changing role, that's that's the case. And so I decided I'm going to specialize in working with these people. And also because as, as, as a manager, as a leader, I did not get that. I did not get that support. Uh, when I was growing and I found myself managing a country and loads of people overnight with zero training in management. And my first year, it was really hard. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I felt like I was walking around with plates in my hands and one was going to slip and the whole thing was going to come down crashing. And I, I felt, you know, like people are going to figure out that I hadn't a clue what I was doing, that I was winging it. And it was it was a terrible feeling. And at the time, my boss was um, I was based in Geneva in Switzerland. My boss was based in London. And I would call him and say, hey, is there something I'm not doing? Is there something I should be doing differently? And he was like, you're doing great. Just continue. You're fine. It's fine. Which was not helpful at all, even though I, I know he meant well, but it wasn't. And uh, so I think it took me like two years to really get the grip of what I was doing, feel like I was, you know, I knew what I was doing. But obviously along the way, I, I made loads of mistakes, people mistakes and things like that, which, you know, that has an impact on the, the people you're working with. And it's, it's, it's not great. So I want to I want to help, you know, leaders, business owners, people who, who don't have that experience and who don't, you know, who managing a small team of five people is not the same as 50. And, and suddenly you find yourself confronted to different issues and, um, and, you know, having someone who would have held my hand and given me a few tips could have changed, you know, hugely my confidence, how I was approaching problems. Um, when I finally did have a training, like six years later, I was like, why did nobody tell me this earlier? <laughs> so, so yeah, typically I want to, I want to avoid people finding themselves in that same situation and making sure they succeed. Yeah. And I think in, it, especially in our world, an agency world, a lot of the time it's sort of, it's started by a founder and it's yeah. grown by a founder. So yeah. the, the management skills of managing two or three people and it was the same with me i mean i, I you know the team's grown to sort of 30 odd people now and mm -hmm. managing 30 odd people is a very very different game to yeah. managing a team of five or something mm -hmm. and, and the, the camaraderie and the the friendships and, and everything else it's a lot closer knit when it's a small team yeah but as you step up it's it's a lot harder and like you say myself like many of 
agency owners, we're, we're winging it. We, we, we have mm. to sort of blag it as we go because yeah. we're learning and, and the best mistakes, oh, sorry, the best learnings come from mistakes mm. and and also the best learnings I've found in my career have been from really bad leaders yeah. <laughs> of how yeah. not to lead someone. Yeah, yeah, what no, the, absolutely. <laughs> what, what are the principles or qualities that you think make up a good leader? I think good leaders are people who care, who care about, you know, their impact, about the people they work with. Um, people, they need to be good communicators. I think that's like key to, to really be able to lead effectively is to be able to communicate across the board with everybody, not just your peers, not just the boss, but everybody. Um, I, t I mean, for me, there's, there's, there's qualities that we don't talk about, but I think kindness is important. I think um, leading by example seems basic but um you know say what you do and do what you say it's like don't tell people to do something and then go off and do the opposite that's the worst way you know to it's it's it just breaks trust and people won't want to follow you so um yeah i think there's there's a there's a big element about being human right and uh, yeah. not not forgetting who you are as a person and there's this I, I, I mean, I grew up in a world where I think now they're talking about this much more. But when I started working, it was all about you had to have this corporate shield and you had to be the boss and you couldn't be friends. And, and I, I, I rebelled against that. I was like, no, no. And I have lots of people who I'm, I'm, I became friends with who were my reports. I was working. But at the time, it was not something that was um, sort of accepted or it was even frowned upon. And, and I, I don't believe that. I mean, you work with people and... and it's not because you're leading them, you're there to support them. You're not there to, you know, tell off, tell them off or be the police or the mum or whatever. And it's not enjoyable for you either as a leader. So, you know, I think, I think there's... Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's sort of two sides as well, isn't there, to sort of leadership in terms of as you as you move up a company as well. Obviously, yeah. you've got who you report into, who are expecting you to, to perhaps deliver a vision or deliver results and everything yeah. else. And then you've yeah. got to get the people to follow you, the people that report into you. And I think for people moving into a, a new management role in particular, when they, they, and again, bringing it back to my world, if you're in an agency and you get a promotion and then you become a manager, that transition of working alongside people to suddenly being their boss, hard. It, it's quite a scary and difficult thing to, yeah. to do because as much as you want to, um, you know, be one of the gang and retain that that friendship and everything else there's, there's also got to be a line where you, you need the respect yeah. and everything otherwise it's just not you're not going to get the results you need I mean what advice would you give to people that are transitioning now into a, a new leadership role yeah I found myself in that situation and uh, I remember being afraid of how people were going to start acting with me or change the way they were acting and I was very conscious about trying to not change my way of acting as well um, and I think I think it goes down to it's about trusting the people you work with and being able to have open conversations with them and saying, you know, I had people come to me and say, OK, now you're the boss, so we can we can do this or we can get away with that. And I was like, actually not. <laughs> That's not how it works. But um, I think it's about respecting, you know, having respect, being honest and um treating people like adults, you know, right? So so if you start, you know, because you're suddenly the boss, start treating them differently, um, obviously it's going to create an impact. So I think being very open from the beginning about, you know, maybe your own struggles and saying, listen, you know, this is, this is, 
this is a change for me. We're going to have to adjust, but you know, now you report to me. I want to do my best to support you. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not your peer anymore. So there's things I'm not going to be able to share with you, but I'm, I'm here for you and we can have the conversations we had before. And if there's anything, you can come to me, but I think it's, it's about setting the boundaries and there's, I wouldn't say there's one, one solution for everybody because each person's different, right? And everybody will react very differently to the situation. I think it's about being confident that, you know, you're going to stay who you are. You're not a different person. <laughs> you're not, you're not becoming somebody else because you've been promoted. Um, and, and, you know, sticking with your values and do your best, basically, you know, you're going to have to do your best. You're going to learn, hopefully you're going to learn some, some management techniques that are going to help you, um, you know, have these conversations and, um, maybe, uh, manage, manage people in a way that you wouldn't have before. But at the end of the day, I think it comes back to trusting yourself and, uh, and not being afraid of. You know what's this change is is something good it's not something bad it's a it's a mindset you have to walk into it with a certain mindset seeing this as a positive and like how this is this means you're going to be able to help the people you're working with before in a better way right you're going to be able to you understand their struggles better than anybody else because you were with them so you are better placed to do that i think it's probably easy to put pressure on yourself as well to be perfect yeah. isn't it and actually that's no, probably very, the wrong yeah. way to do it yeah. you know you show that you can make mistakes and how you overcome yeah. them is probably more inspiring than never making mistakes at all. Absolutely. But I think, I think having someone to tell you that really makes a difference because if you, if you get that promotion and it's sink or swim, it's really hard because you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know what's right, what's wrong. You're expecting things to crash all the time, but having someone who's beside you is going to say, Hey, it's okay. You know, if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. Nobody's going to die. We're not surgeons. <laughs> We're not saving the world. I, I would say that all the time. People, we, you can't imagine the drama there is in the art world. I mean, it's crazy. And people would be like frantic about things. I'd be like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You made a mistake. We're going to fix it. We'll make sure you understand what you did wrong. And, you know, next time you do it right. And that's how you learn. That's okay. But you need that person that's going to tell you that it's okay. And, and that's, that's really important. Or, and a guide, a mentor, somebody to hold your hand. Yeah, and I think like as you go up up the ladder, obviously the lonelier it gets, isn't it? Because yeah. you know how important that that mentoring or or someone to sort of help burden yeah. what you're going through, especially if you're a founder or a CEO. Yeah. Because you're only reporting downwards effectively a lot of the time, yeah. so it's it's really important to have that shoulder to yeah. cry all the time. Yeah, no, and someone to, I mean, someone to vent to, someone to yeah, yeah. share your, your worries, like, hey, I'm doing this, is it, well, you know, what's going on? I think it's really important to have a buddy or somebody like an accountability friend or uh, a coach, a mentor, not to shoot my own horn, but I mean, it is important to have that person that you you can go to and say, hey, this is what's going on. I need to, to I found brainstorming with somebody is so valuable when I'm stuck in a situation, just say, Hey, I need to talk this through. And often I don't even need them to reply. It's just, I need, you just need someone to communicate it to. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, it is very valuable and important. And if you can't, if you're on your own at the top and there's things you can't share, right? Because it's sensitive and you don't want to stress your employees and the, the people who work for you with problems that are not there. So you find yourself carrying all this, 
worry and stress and and things on on your own shoulders and if you don't find a way to to you know unload it or to share it with somebody it can become very 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 hard and lots of lots of business owners go in you know burnout you know after, after a certain point when they take on too much yeah it's also just someone you know saying it's going to be okay because sometimes you're yeah. really down and think the, yeah. the world's going to end but yeah like you say you know you're going to get through it and i think yeah. as, a, as a company leader sometimes you've got to take the air host or air hostess analogy yeah. where if you see them panicking that yeah. then perhaps panic and <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> if, they're, if they're walking around serving tea and coffee then your plane's probably not going to crash is yeah it? exactly what about uh, remote working then? So it was, it was kind of a new world of leadership since yeah. COVID, isn't there? And, and um, a big challenge, I guess, for people going into management positions now is is that lack of FaceTime. Obviously, you've yeah. got you've got Zoom like we're on now, and you've got Slack, and you've got all these other communication channels. But yeah. that sort of real face to face sort of body language and and that connection yeah. and chemistry is kind of missing when it's when it's all virtual. Yeah. And I think one of the big challenges for me. And, and for I'm sure a lot of leaders and, and managers as well at all levels is sort of how you build that team spirit and that, that, that togetherness and that culture when you're not with each other every day and you're not sitting with each other every day. What have you seen, and particularly sort of drawing back on your experience when you were global, presumably mm. then you were working with different sort of different cultures and different languages and mm. France, for example, where they, they have the afternoon off for lunch. Don't <laughs> <like two> <laughs> It's actually illegal in France to have your lunch at your desk, isn't it? Yeah. Illegal. Yeah. But um, yeah, what what would you sort of advise on that in terms of what exercises or activities people can do, or perhaps how they approach their their team to sort of build that? Yeah, what I I mean, I I the whole remote, not remote. I I'm, I believe strongly that you do still need some interaction in person. I I I find that's the the biggest relationships bonds that I've created with people has been face to face. So I, I strongly believe I, I think you need to have a mix of both, frankly, if, if that's something that you can do in your business or business allows it. Um, but I do believe that if you're going to be doing remote, you should have some, some sort of meeting, not, not a meeting, but some sort of get together moments and i don't know how frequent that will depend you know obviously of what your business is but regularly have some get together moments where everybody comes together not to sit down and have a meeting because that's nobody wants to do that right but to come together and collaborate on a project or work on something together because that's when you get really to build those relationships and then maybe you know add a social element to it then we're all going out for dinner or lunch or what have something to 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 create those water cooler moments that don't exist anymore, right? And so that I think is really important. And then I think there's something around creating a sort of a, you know, communication strategy within, because it's, it's, it can be very overwhelming right now with all the different channels that we have mm. uh, to communicate. And, and uh, I've seen places where it just goes all over the place. People, you know, WhatsApp and Slack and this and that and email, and then you don't, you don't know where to find the information. So I think having a clear communication strategy about, you know, okay, Slack is going to be for uh, team communication for the team to chat together and they can have a channel that's not, you know, that's about their pets, whatever. But, and then having having a clear, um, you know, your WhatsApp is just going to be for updates or emails is just going to be for commu company communication. And just being very clear on what, you know, how people are expected to communicate together. And I think as the boss, you have to do much more intentional and thoughtful outreach to people. 
You just have to spend more time actually going to see them. And that, that was something I would do. I would, you know, fly over and, and meet with the people and then take the time to meet with them one-on-one or, or in the group. But I think it's about being intentional because when you're not seeing people, time can go by very quickly. And, and suddenly, you know, you haven't had that connection and it sort of fizzles away. So I think making the effort as the manager of the person to at least see that person, you know, have it in your calendar. I think you have, it's, it's something you have to plan. If you don't, it just doesn't happen. You know, how many times have you said to your friend, like, let's have a coffee. Oh yeah, let's get together. And you never do it. And yeah, three months later you go, oh, we still never had that coffee. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, so it's, I think, I think it's really about being intentional because we don't have those you don't have that walking down the corridor. Oh, by the way, let's quickly just grab a coffee. I want to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be much more intentional about creating those opportunities to meet in person and um, and have those conversations. And it doesn't have to be all about work, but I, I think it's really, you know, making sure it's planned and that it's going to happen because there might be people that you'll see all the time because geographically you're in the same area and then there's others that you won't. And those people will feel left out they will feel like oh the other guys are talking all the time you know why why is he not talking to me you know and 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 people make up stories in their head (laughs) very quickly and it's yeah it can it can quickly get out of hand so it's really about having a strategy around okay i'm gonna meet these people at these moments and and just just doing it yeah no i'm i'm guilty of that i mean it's um our team's grown and there's so many people I need to catch up with in my own team yeah. that I've not spent quality time with. And it's almost overwhelming because in my head, I'm like, well, I haven't got time to have 35, you know, one-to-ones yeah. a month. I can't do that. Yeah. But I think the the social aspect in terms of just getting everyone together, yeah. and it doesn't have to be about work at all. No, and I exactly. think, But just that, that moment where you're in the same room with someone and you communicate yeah. with them in real life, yeah. that's a real step in a relationship for at any level, isn't it? Because... Yeah. Yeah. All the virtual stuff, like I say, it's it's the body language and things like that. You don't, you just don't get the same connection. Yeah. Yeah. Really now I cool. tried to organize a regular, well, regular. I tried to organize once a year with my global teams a get together somewhere. So we would meet most of the time. It would be like London, Europe, because it's in the middle of Hong Kong and the U.S. But uh, we'd meet in, in London, and you know we do a day training on something all together. So it's you know and have some fun element to it. Like so, there's team building. And then the evening we'd go out and have dinner and go for drinks. And it would be, you know, that's the opportunity where the guys from Hong Kong would get to chat with the guys in New York who are on so, so far time zones that they actually never really, you know, when we're on a meeting, one of them is falling asleep because it's the end of the day and the other one's just waking up. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, it was, I think that, that was, that really made a difference and people, people really enjoyed it. They valued it. Yeah, I can imagine. So I read a quote from you on LinkedIn the other day that you, you, you put in a fascinating me. It was that 50 to 70% of leaders fail within the first 18 months. Yeah, into a new role. Why do, you, why do you think that is? I think it's because simply there's not any support or training. So it's, it's crazy when you think of it. Like if you are going to... If you're if if you're if you're a pilot and you're flying small planes and you suddenly get promoted to fly the big airlines... Obviously, there's going to be some sort of onboarding and training and everything. I hope so. <laughs> well, weirdly, um, in, in big companies, in corporates, a lot, um, tr- leaders don't get trained. And you're, you're handing them over millions, right? You're handing them over people's lives and things. Mm. And there's, there's 
I, can't, I think it was like 80%, maybe 70, 80%, I can't remember the exact number, uh, of leaders got questions. There was some research done and uh, got questioned on how much training they'd actually had before taking on the role. And between 70 and 80% said none. So it's crazy when you think of it. So lots of these people are being promoted to you know the next level of their career without any support or training. And the problem is, it does. It's not as we said earlier. It's not the same skill set. You know what got you there is not going to get you to the next level. So they they lack those skills, and then they they come in and they do what they think they're expected to do from their previous job, and that's why usually they fail. And uh, and it's 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 everywhere. I mean, I've I've read a lot of research on that, and it happens over and over. And I don't I don't I don't understand why businesses don't see. Because it costs a lot of money to, you know, to, to promote somebody and then have to rehire in, in like a year or something for the same role. It costs the companies millions, you know, over the years of all, you know, all the recruitment fees and uh, bonuses and things that you have to pay out. And, uh, and the time that the business is losing, you know, the, the, the money they're losing because that person hasn't been performing and maybe the impact that might have had on the team and the people and the, and the talent. Well. Yeah. yeah and the, t the talent you might have lost because you put somebody, you know, who either wasn't competent or, or put the wrong manager the in, right? Most people quit. Yeah. Because of yeah. Manager. You didn't put the right, you didn't give them the tools to do their job. And, and so they did a poor job and then, you know, you lost people. And so it's, it, it happens a lot. And uh, it's, it's really mind boggling to me that I thought it was very isolated, but realized that actually, no, it's something that's all over the place. Yeah, I think one of the big struggles, um, especially from my point of view, and I'm sure a lot of other agency owners and business owners agree, is like management training fully see the value in it, but what does it look like? So sending them to a workshop or sending them to a course, is it relevant to the business that we're in? Is it How, how does this management training work and what does it look like? I think it's we all want to invest in that, but yeah. certainly from my experience, when we've sent some people into management training, they really didn't buy into it. And yeah. I think that was quite disappointing from the point of view of, of the business owner thing. Well, why are they not bought yeah. into it? Or was it the workshop that they were going to? How, how do people approach or how can businesses approach this management training? And is it, is it lacking because maybe it's not clear of, of the best approach for it? Yeah, I think, I think just, I've seen, I've seen, I've sat and I've sat in lots of management trainings. I've sat in some bad ones. I mean, I think having the idea that you're going to send your team to a management training and they're going to come back transformed is not realistic. It's not going to happen, is it? It's not going to happen. And I think there's also companies sent often people off to training just to tick a box saying we've done management training, right? If you truly want to invest in these people in their growth, it's not a one box. It's a, it's, it's a process, right? It's not going to happen overnight. These people have to go there you know, willing to learn and grow. So they have to be invested and engaged and then they have to go away and take what they've learned and apply it in their everyday, you know, um, work. And so I don't think that going to one management training is going to change people. I do think, however, giving them something is really important. So I, you know, I, I didn't have any. And when I did have that one, which was a day training, I, I found it super valuable. I learned lots of things. So I think it's probably a mix of things. And I would say you need to adapt the training to the person 
it's not one shoe fits all again. Uh, each person is going to have different learning styles and different needs and different um, levels of um, EQ and, and uh, you know, some are good with people and some are not. And so I think that if you want something that works, you probably have to have a tailored approach to each of the people that you're wanting to train. And, and then, yes, identifying with them what are the things they need to develop on based on, you know, what their responsibilities are, what the job you want them to do and like where you see them in the future and what you think the skills they are lacking might be also because some people, you, you can send someone to a training, but if they already have the skills or don't, it's going to be a very different response to, to what they do with it. Um, and I think the attitude also, the people that you're going to invest in sending, you know, spending money on, on a training, you need to make sure that these people are, I'm not going to say worth it because that's a horrible thing to say, but I mean that they will invest their energy in, they will appreciate and then take away and try and, you know, grow. Because I've seen people sit around in, in some of these trainings where they're like, oh God, I couldn't be bothered. Why am I here? You know, and, and they just feel like. This has been done to them and they could be in their office working. And so I do believe it's also making sure that you're giving the right people. The, the, the I mean, everybody should get it, but that the people that are getting it appreciate it and do the, take the best out of it. So I think it's about holding them accountable as well. Okay, you've been given a training, so we're expecting to see, you know, some progress on this and we're going to check in. So it's, it's again, it's about, it has to be an ongoing process. It can't be just a one well, I think that's it, though, isn't it? I mean, I think yeah. as, as leaders or, or anyone in a management position, like you say, it's, it becomes a tick box exercise to yeah. become a manager. Yeah. There's a half day course, go away. And four hours later, you're going to come back and no. become a perfect manager. It's never yeah. going to happen. No. So, you know, a, a tailored approach. Absolutely. But I yeah. think there is a real lack of understanding, myself yeah. included, of how to train managers because the, yeah. the best experience is good. Well, it's going to come from experience ultimately, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and, and living, living those moments and, and understanding how to deal with certain, certain things. So, I mean, in terms of mentorship, I mean, what, what approach would you take when you say tailor an approach for, for developing a manager, what would that, what would that look like? And what steps would you go? Because I'm sure, you know, myself included, we speak for many people is like, I want to train people hundred yeah. percent, but yeah. you know, where where does that roadmap come from? Where does yeah. that uh, plan well, come from? You have to build that roadmap with the person, right? So you need to, I mean, you, whoever is doing this needs to sit down, take the time to, you know, do an assessment of current situation, what you want to see happen, like what are the, what are the objectives, the goals, uh, what are the skills that we think, you know, this person needs to develop and then create that action plan, right? Give yourself some, some goals, some action plans, some milestones, and some check-ins along the way, because it's, it's like these, you know, I don't really believe in, in annual reviews. Um, I don't believe in them the way they're done now, right? In lots of places where it's just, again, it's a check the box. HR has created something and they want everybody to do it. And people usually do it in a hurry because they don't have time and they have to do it. I believe in checking in with your people regularly. And I think if you do it throughout the year, you don't need to have like an end of the year, like you did good, you did bad. You, you, you can actually have a real conversation at the end of the year, like these are all the great things we worked on. This is how you've grown. So I believe in having um, 
you know, um, a supported growth for your people all the time throughout the year. And if you have sat down, taken the time to map that out, what it looks like, what success is going to look like at the end of the year, how are we going to get there? What help do you need? And check in regularly to make sure, you know, I'm getting feedback. And I believe in feedback a lot. I think feedback is a great way of getting really, you know, understanding what, what you can improve on and, um, and, you know, getting that feedback from the team, from other people, other leaders and saying, okay, so this is something I can get better at. Okay, let's, let's work on that. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing process and you're never finished growing, right? You're never, you're never going to be the super leader. I mean, there might be one or two in the world, but, uh, you know, you can, you can always get better. So if you personally invest in your, you want to invest in yourself, um, you know, having a growth plan constantly, always focusing on, okay, what can I do better? How can I, how can I improve? And having somebody supporting you do that, um, you can only get good results, right? Because you're focusing on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, you sort of said like feedback is the most valuable thing. It really mm. is. Mm. But again, just throwing this out as a manager or as a leader, sometimes yeah. it's really hard to get that feedback because people don't yeah. want to give you it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, feed, I mean, feeding up people are, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So, I mean, we try yeah. anonymous surveys and things like that. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of other companies do. But yeah. Um, yeah, that feedback is the most valuable information you can get, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. a lot of the time, if you don't know you're doing something wrong and you're certainly you not doing know. it intentionally and you'd happily yeah. change that, but if you don't yeah. know, what can you do? Yeah. And in terms of like the personal development then, and so in terms of like getting your, your team to perform better and like you, you just touched on, so, you know, some people leave because of a bad manager. A lot of people leave yeah, because there's no true. career growth. They can't see yeah. their next step. So yeah. how important is it for those managers to give their team members a clear vision of, of what their next step is and what they need to get that next promotion or that next level mm. up? When you say, yeah, obviously annual reviews is, again, yeah. almost a tick box meeting. Yeah. How, how would you advise managers construct not only that plan of how they're going to get to the next yeah. level, but how they then communicate it as well? Well, I think having that conversation to start with, because a lot of managers don't want to have that conversation about, okay, where do you want to grow? I mean, I've, I had, I was confronted with that problem where, when I was working actually in Geneva, where, which was a very small uh, office. And well, basically, you know, you had a point where you got to, and there was nowhere else you could go because if you weren't, if you were a support department, if you're working shipping or marketing or something like that, well, there was a level you could get to and then where you were actually two or three people in the department and then you couldn't go any higher because anyway after that it was specialists which are people who are specialized in the category yeah yeah and and then that was the that was the business it was either moving to another office abroad or, or that was it and yes and so i i had lots of really good people who who moved on and it's I think it's something you have to accept, you know, when you have good people and they find a great opportunity somewhere else, which you can't provide them. Well, you should be really happy for them because, you know, you got them there somewhere. So you should definitely be supportive, which a lot of managers take very personally. You're leaving me and they just see the fact that they're going to now have to replace the person instead of being happy and thinking, wow, you know, I've helped this person get where they are. Um, so there is there is there is a. Um, a very real constraint sometimes in the business where you will not be able to give that person the, the next step they want. And I think being very honest about it and, you know, having that conversation with the person early on, if they come to you say, well, I want to know what my next steps are and, and like, okay, this is, 
this is the reality. This is where I think we can do things. Maybe we can add some responsibility. What are you interested in doing? Maybe, okay, we can maybe give you some, you know, managerial responsibility, but I can't, you know, I can't create a role that doesn't exist for you. And Mm. if that's what you want, well, I think, you know, there's going to be a moment where you're going to grow out of it and you might need to look elsewhere. And if that's what you want to do, I'll support you and we can have a plan and, you know, Obviously, everyone has a different leadership style, don't they? Yeah, so yeah. I think it's, is there a middle ground there in terms of everyone has to kind of follow certain rules and then everyone brings their own sense of style into it? Yeah. Or are there certain styles that fail more than others? Again, want to be one of the one of the gang or whatever, or too strict, or it's it's a real, it's a really tough balance to find, isn't it? You've got to find yeah, empathy, you. you've got to find, you know, inspiration from those people, all sorts, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people are working with people. There's going to be so many things. I mean, you bring everything to work. I mean, you bring your personality, you bring your 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 problems, you know, things that happen to you at home, but you might not share it with people. Uh, you bring your health. There's so many things that might be happening that pe- people don't know in the background. Again, I don't think there's one shoe fits all solutions to things. I be- I truly believe in sitting down with people and figuring things out together. I think mm-hmm. it's a collaborative work. Um, there's guidelines, rules, leadership, you know, things that are basic that can help you figure out things. But at the end of the day, it's not it's not like it's written on the book. This is going to it's going to happen. You have a person in front of you. They're going to react very differently each time. And they have their emotions and, and they have their beliefs and uh, their ambitions. And you need to take all that in account and, and be ready to, 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 you know, to be to be there for them, to be empathic, to be uh, understanding, to listen. I mean, that's one of the biggest ones. You need to be listening to your people to understand where they're coming from and then adapt to whatever has, you have in front of you. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you touched on it there a little bit in terms of you don't know what someone's going through at home. You don't know no. what sort of day. And again, going back to the remote world, you have no idea what's yeah. going on yeah. after or before that Zoom call or what's going on in their world. And I think yeah. the, the mental health side of things, obviously mental health first aid training, we've, we've done it with some of the team here. But again, it's is it another tick box episode, um, exercise or actually, no, it's really important, isn't it? Because well, how yeah. do you... But at the same time, you know, you're probably not going to want to go crying to your boss of what's going on in your life you're going to want to keep it guarded so yeah yeah. yeah, it's it's a tough role (laughs) i think it's 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 creating a space where people feel that they can talk about if they want to right so they don't have to but that if they feel that it's becoming a problem for them that they will i remember um working with this girl who was the assistant of um of the of a big um a senior person in the in the company at the time and she started working and like a month in, she started showing up late every morning to work. And so HR called her in, said, you can't be late. And she was like, yeah, I understand. And anyway, she, it went on for two months and they were like, okay, this is not working. She's late every morning. How is this possible? And at the end, when they sat her down to tell her, listen, we're not going to keep you. Obviously, you're not able to get up in the morning and come to work. It turned out that she had um, she had multiple sclerosis and she had to do a treatment every morning, but she hadn't told anybody. She, yeah, and, and she was afraid to. She didn't say it before she was hired, and she didn't say she it when. Job. 
yeah, she got the job. Yeah. And then she, because she was afraid she wouldn't be hired. And then she didn't say anything when, you know, they started asking her, well, why are you always late? Um, because she was afraid that, you know, that they wouldn't keep her. So, you know, but hopefully in a company that's, that's, that has a healthy, healthy, uh, healthy culture, this person could have said, well, actually, this is my situation. And they say, okay, well, let's, we're going to figure out something to make it work for you and us. Mm. But that conversation didn't even happen because she didn't feel safe enough to say it up front. That's such a great story. Yeah. What does um, your typical client look like then? So you mainly work with people in the UK and the US. Is that right? Yeah, I have clients in Hong Kong as well. I mean, my network is, is Switzerland, UK, US, um, Hong Kong. It's a bit all over the place, actually. Um, but yes, when I started this, what I wanted to, my ideal client was you, Chris. <laughs> that's who I wanted to work with. Yes, no, because I'd left the corporate world. And that's why when I got your email, I was so happy because I felt, oh my God, he's just confirming everything that I was, you know, I, I thought I knew, but I needed, I need somebody to tell me. Um, so I left the corporate world and I felt, you know, I want to go and help people who are, you know, enthusiastic, who care about their people, who are close to them. These are the people who created their own business. They're passionate. The corporate world, you don't, I mean, you have a certain, you have a passion, but not the same one. You don't have that, oh, that no, definitely, closeness, it's definitely different. Yeah. right? It's, and, and so I was, I want to work with these people, you know, because they're, they're going to be positive, enthusiastic. They want to grow. They care about their people. They're close to them. And, uh, but my network being what it is, it's corporate that keeps coming to oh, me. No. So, so most of my clients have been corporate for this year. Uh, I've had a few small businesses, which has been great. So it's, it's been, it's been a great experience to work with uh, these people, but yes, I want, I'm happy to work with anybody. That's one of the reasons why I chose to be my own boss is because I want to choose who I work with. I want to work with yeah. nice people. I want to work with people who are, who are, you know, eager to grow and uh, who, who I'm going to enjoy, you know, uh, working with and having fun with. And, um, and yeah, basically that's my criteria. <laughs> so, so any, any leader who's been, um, who needs help. And, uh, and so far it's been, it's been, it's been really interesting and a, a great learning curve. Obviously. I mean, you've started a business, you know, um, well, you're you, always learning. You never stop. Like, like yeah, you said, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I think from, yeah, as like I say, agency owner or, or business owner you're literally working it out as you go and yeah managing and leading people when as that team's growing and and it's a it's a completely different game at each stage yeah. and and um yeah always learning so how do you approach improving those clients leaderships so so say for example i i was your target customer or target client I'm open to, I want to, I want to make it a great place to work. I want my, my managers to, to get the training they need. I want, yeah. you know, everyone to progress and have a clear development plan. And I'm not alone there. Everyone does, but yeah. a lot of the time it's, you don't have the time. Well, it's, one is the time two is yeah. it's the knowledge, you know, because yeah. again, yeah. you're not coming from a background of doing that. You're having to make yeah. up what a performance plan yeah. looks yeah. like or, yeah. or, or the career ladder. So how do you approach working with, with someone like myself, for example, so uh, well, to, yeah, understanding the problem, understanding the business, yeah. where yeah. do you focus first? Yeah, I would, well, first I would start with like getting that clarity, right? Around, yeah. you know, what is it that you want to achieve? Where do you, what are the issues you see? I would also, if it's a, if it's a business owner, what I would do, because often you were talking about the challenge of having that self-awareness, I would do a, mm. 
a 360 with all the, the stuff, meaning all the stuff with at least 10 to 15 people um, at all levels of the business, but it would be conversational. It's not like a form you fill out. I want to sit down and talk to these people to hear from them, you know, what's the backstory and get a bit of the, the, the a feel of the vibe of the, the culture of the company. So definitely it's about getting clarity from the team, getting clarity from you as the, as the, as the, the leader. And understanding also, you know, f trying to, to identify maybe which skills you might be lacking. And, and there's, we do a bunch of exercise around that and try and figure out, you know, where is it that you need to maybe focus a bit more? Because one thing we do um, when we're, we're good at something, we do more of it. But the things we're not so good at, we tend to like oh, try to avoid. So we don't get better at them, right? So it's like suddenly you have, ten, you know, Rafael Nadal's arm because <laughs> you're, you're playing tennis with the same <laughs> arm all the time and the other arm is getting a bit like... Uh, not that much attention. So it's about balancing that out and figuring out, okay, what are the things that you might be consciously or unconsciously staying away from and that you might need to focus a little bit more on in order for you to get that balance and grow. And so basically uh, legs stay at the gym. Sorry? Legs stay at the gym then basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. people who go to the gym, they, they avoid the squats and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part of it. No, absolutely. And it's, it's about working all the muscles of the body. My, 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 my husband is a personal trainer, so he gets, he, he makes sure I, I, I work them all. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's working all those muscles and, um, and then it's identifying what's, you know, what the objective is here. If it's for the whole, whole company, it's like creating, creating a plan to, to have those goals or, you know, development plans or succession plans also are really important. And a lot of business owners don't, don't have one and even bigger businesses don't have one, but I think having a succession plan, like who's the next person in line for these roles and yeah. how am I going to fill these, having all that. And I think then being very open, communicating with uh, everybody about this is what's going on. This is why we're doing it. This is how it's going to benefit you. This is how you can be part of it, and the you know, and 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 really, really creating something that's that's going to that's going to get you where you want to be, and have a have a clear plan, as I said, like goal, milestones, action plan, and at the end have you know a a, a re recap of a reset, like okay, so a few months ago, this is where we were. Like, we're going to do another, another, another run through of like, how do you think we've done? How far have we come? Has everybody, you know, feel like we've, we've progressed? What are, what are the, what are the goals we made? What are the ones we missed? Uh, what could we have done better? So it's, and usually it's not that complicated to get better. You just need to focus on doing something like regularly every day. And just having the focus of wanting to do it already is going to make things better. So, um, there's no magic potion. I, I don't have a magic yeah. wand. <laughs> I just help people, you know, focus on, you know, getting better and, and yeah, finding the way really. <laughs> well, that's great. So where can people find you, Maria? Oh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So that's my main, um, my main, uh, gig, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, ask Maria Kelly, uh, is my, is my handle. And uh, yes, I have a website as well, askmariakelly.com. Those are, those are the main places you will find me hanging out. Or Barcelona, if you're in town, come and visit. Or Barcelona, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
carnival around, eh? Yeah, I've much more visits since we moved to Barcelona from London, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, actually. Yeah, I'd rather go to Barcelona than London. Yeah. We live 15 miles away. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been, it's been really welcome. great talking to Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Maria. You've been listening to Confessions of an Agency Owner with me, Chris Ailey. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my newsletter, and find out more about my agency at honchosearch.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Until next time.